Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Huck and Ride podcast. Uh, we want to thank Kenda as our title sponsor once again for believing in the program and uh, just helping out with uh, supporting what we believe in. So thank you so much to Kenda Tires. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Lala Maharis. Good morning <laughs> or evening whenever you're listening to it. And today we have two special guests uh, near and dear to to our hearts, to Lala and I's hearts. We have Stephen Walton and Jared Hansen. <laughs> Thanks for having us, guys. <laughs> so, um, today we're going to talk about all things mountain biking in the lives of Swalto and J-Rod. And, uh, man, that's a, quite an adventure. That can go a lot of different directions. So, Oh, yeah. We'll see uh, where this takes us. Swalto says he's got the next four episodes covered between these two doing this podcast. So we may be here all day. Yeah, I, I think we could put some good stuff in. Nice. <laughs> nice. Perfect. Um, okay, so... Uh, in thinking about this program, what we're going to do, um, Lala and I kind of decided since we have a longer history together than some of our guests might in the future, um, we're going to go back to, to kind of the, the beginning of, uh, where, where we all met and where this all has brought us to now. Um, so going way back, I'll go with my first memories um, of both Jared and Swalto, you guys were on the B Rads team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brad a Duddle. Yeah. Gotta love him. Yes, sir. So, uh, how many years ago was that? Oh, no. That was, uh, that was eight years ago, 2013. 2013. How old are you now? 21. So, wow, you're 13. Yep. 13 on the B Rads team. Okay. J- Jared, how about yourself? Same, same year. What was that? Eight years ago, but I was a couple years older. Yeah, I think I was fourteen or fifteen. Okay, I might have been on the team one year before Steve. Right after the long hair got cut off. Exactly. Yeah. All right, you had some long hair going. Oh, I had luscious locks. Nice. Down, down to the shoulders. Down to the shoulders. Nice. It was flowing. But you know what? We had to get down to race weight, so we lopped it off. <laughs> race right. weight by the hair. Yeah. I love it. More aerodynamic, you know, it's a whole thing. So um, the B-Rads team was, was pretty cool because they, they popped up um, at the local races and all of a sudden here's this new team that I had never heard of and I'd been out the races for quite a few years. And it's cool because it brought a whole bunch of new faces onto the scene, which I always get excited about because I'm all about kids getting into the sport and loving the sport. And here we are eight years later. And so obviously it... Uh, kind of kicked off something in both of your lives. Um, but Swalto, we'll go with you. Before that, what was your, um, before the B-Rads team, what was your involvement in racing? I think at that point I had only done two or three races before. Okay. At Southridge with Donnie. Okay. Okay. And so I went out, started in sport for my first race because I thought I was cool. Yeah. Fast enough for it. Yeah. Laid down a heater, got second to last. And uh, then I went down to beginner. I think I was fifth or sixth. And then somehow got on B-Reds. I think through Jared. I don't really remember. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, I kind of just got started with that pretty early on. Okay. So, like, when you're 12 years old, you might have had two or three races and then turned 13, met, got on the B-Reds team, and then kind of took off from there. Yeah, I started racing – January of 2013. Okay. And so I think it was like March when I got on B-Reds. Okay. Oh, okay. So it all really, happened really cool. It all happened like within the same season. Yeah. Right right in that winter series time too. Yep. So how perfect was that, right? Yep. It worked out good. That's cool. I like that you went straight to sport. You're like, I'm a butt beginner. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> that was before I knew sandbagging was a thing. Oh. Well, well, that goes back. So, so obviously, I'm much older. But when I when I started racing downhill, I came out and I was like, same thing. I was like, oh, I'm going to race sport, you know, because I'm not a beginner. I'm not a beginner. 
Then I went out to Southridge and I, I practiced and it had a split course. And I'm like, this beginner sport course is pretty lame. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go practice on the expert course. And I'm like, I'm signing up expert. So I went straight expert. I never raced Ooh. sport class. That's a bold move. That is a bold move. I was second to last for most of the year. Oh, you did a full year. But I was having a blast. I didn't, I didn't go back and sandbag. He was committed. <laughs> he was committed. I was committed. I was committed to uh, getting my butt kicked every weekend. So, but that know. makes you faster and stronger. So, so we stuck it out. It was good. But. See, my dad was paying for my races at that point, and so he said, I'm not paying for them if you're getting second to last. You wow. Better, okay. You better come home with some hardware. Yeah, so we're bumping down to beginner, <laughs> and you better get some hardware. <laughs> better have something. Good old Jerry. Yeah. Got, got to do that, nice. right? Call, called, you on, called you on the carpet. Yeah. Like, don't waste my time out here, kid. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So, Jared, 2013 is what we're talking about. Were you racing before that? Yeah, I was racing before that. I started riding in 2009 and started racing in 2010. And I raced beginner uh, 2010, 2011 race sport, 2012 moved up to expert, and then 2013 got on the B-Reds team. It might have been 2012. Okay. So I don't know exactly. So, wow, you're you're a youngster and you were race, starting to race Cat 1. So you were like in the... The 15 and under? Yeah, no, 16, I was... 16 under? No, because at that point, it was still 18 and under. It was still just 18 yeah, and under. Yeah, there was no so 13, big, 15 expert big, class. Okay. Yeah, so you're stacking up in the expert field against 18-year-olds <laughs> as a 13-year-old. Yeah, 14-year-old. Tossed, tossed into the lion's pit. Yeah. Yeah, a 14-year-old against an 18-year-old can look vastly different up there on the start gate. Yeah, and that at that point in racing, you know, you would race the sport class and... Obviously, they ran two different courses, but the sport class and the expert class, 18 and under, for a junior rider, there was such a big gap between the two as far as skill level goes. Like, the 18 and under was just, these guys are borderline pro, going extremely fast, and then the sport class was like, buddy just learned how to ride. Right. So, it was it was pretty crazy to make that transition. Yeah. But it definitely pushed you as a young athlete to go faster, train harder, and do what you needed to do to get to that top step. And I think that drove a lot of racers like me and Steve to push harder and get faster times at a younger age. And that set us up better for the future when we got to be those 18-year-olds pushing to go to pro. Cool. Right on. So um, who were some others that were on the team? While we're talking about B-Rads, who were some some others that had, had strong influence on you or just good buddies that you had fun time riding with? Uh, the B-Rads team, it was, a, it was a heavy lineup. It was filled. It was a stacked class, stacked field, stacked team, whatever you want to call it. It was, uh, it was me, Stephen Walton. We had Kyle Kinney on the team, Kyle Wade on the team, Stephen Sally, Jacob Villegas, Zoe A. Duddle, B-Rads daughter, and Revy Patel. Who's gone on to do some gnarly stuff? Yeah, Revy. Just just saw saw Revy's in the hospital, right? Oh yeah, he hit a deer on his on his Harley up in Kernville. Yeah, with his girlfriend. With his girlfriend, he said he's okay. I haven't talked to him, but yeah, he's definitely in the hospital. Shout out and prayers for Revy for quick healing. Yeah, that's definitely. gnarly stuff. Yeah, that's gnarly hitting a deer on a motorcycle. I can know, only imagine. Yeah, that's crazy. So. Yeah, so Re- Revy does some wild stuff on the Harley. If you guys mm-hmm. haven't seen it out there, you got to go check out Revy Savage on uh, his Instagram. On Instagram, because you will not be disappointed. No. no, you'll be impressed. Yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty gnarly. I remember uh, when he came on our team, and, and just for one year, and I got to uh, to coach him a little bit out at bootleg, and it was just gnarly. It was like point at something and go, and he would just. Like, okay, I'm going to be off the brakes and just go for it. And mm-hmm. it wasn't hoping for the best because he had skills and he had that confidence, but it was just scary to actually be there coaching him through that. Yeah. So, yeah, he had no fear. Yeah. He's gnarly. Yeah. And then anytime there would be the slightest jump, hands are off the bars. He's doing a suicide. <laughs> Suey everything. Everything. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So you guys had all these, all these young kids. Um, and and a majority of us, besides Zoe and Revy, all of us lived here in Corona. Okay. So we would all go ride Skyline together. And nice. And we so, had Strava. So it was like, 
absolutely insanity. Absolute insanity up here on Skyline. Just between us five local riders, every week someone was getting the KOM, knocking someone off, just going fast, faster, pushing harder, seeing who could pedal to the top faster. Mind, Skyline here is a fire road. It's about from the gate where the dirt road starts to the top. It's what, six miles, Steve? I think so. Six miles to the top with 2,000 feet of elevation. Yeah. And we're pedaling 42-pound downhill bikes up. Kona operators. We were all on Kona operators, aluminum, and we would stand up and pedal up the whole way. We didn't stop. We'd see who could go faster on the way up, and we would do it every single day. Just so you know, this is like in running a team, which I've been doing for a long time, it's like a team manager's dream come true, right? Because everyone rides together, trains together, pushes each other Mm -hmm. without – like you get to just sit back and let it happen. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, and then we were always up there in the winter. As soon as it uh, started raining, we're up there building bigger berms, building bigger jumps, new lines. What's steeper? What's how far? How much farther could we jump? It was always it was like our little background or backyard with a blank canvas where we were just creating what we wanted to and just. Trying to hurt ourselves, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and, and then once again, as a team manager, you're hoping that doesn't happen. So. Yeah, and it's cool. it's funny because I feel like a funny story. Yeah, from my life growing up and riding up there is, I was always scared of mountain lions. <laughs> okay, deathly afraid of them, and I was the slowest one in the group when I first started riding. They had a lot of them had been riding before me, so we would bomb down the hill. They would just drop me. And I was so scared of mountain lions. Like that's what pushed me to go faster. It wasn't, I want to go fast on my bike. It was, I want to be faster than them. So I don't get eaten by the mountain lion. So hats off to mountain lions for pushing Jared. It comes from somewhere, you know, (laughs) you gotta get the drive somewhere. Nice. (laughs) It's kind of like the bears with me and Whistler, right? Yeah. If I don't show up at the bottom of the hill, this part is where I'm at. Come look for me. Cause yeah. And it doesn't matter. Lala, all the bears up here are vegetarians. Don't worry about it. She's like, nope, I don't believe it. <laughs> they're all they're all meat eaters. I wouldn't either. <laughs> okay, so so B rides lasted a few years. Uh, Brad ended up selling his portion of the shop, and the the team kind of disbanded. And so, Swalta, where'd that leave you? Um, that was actually when I first went to KHS. Okay. Yeah. With Quinn Spalding as team manager. Yep. So they brought me on, they had a junior team at the time. Yep. Ran by Monique Spalding, mm-hmm. his wife. Yep. And so I went there for a year. Okay. With Andros. Yeah. Andros Simon. Yep. Ex-wife, by the way. Now. Yeah. Former. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all good. Okay. Okay. So then you're on KHS for a year. How did that different because you you know b-rad's bike shop team khs probably a little more support and a little more uh pro feeling even you know as a as a kid how how did that feel uh that was pretty big because with b-rad's i was more of a grassroots team yep so that brought you know like discounts and support at a local level and then khs was more of like you you get some frames and some parts and They'd help out with cost getting to the races and whatnot. And then when you're at the race, you'd have the bigger tents. They had the motorhome at the time. So it just felt more of like a professional atmosphere in a sense. Not that B-Rads wasn't. But right. It just felt. Factory. <laughs> factory. Thank you. Yeah. Like a little bit of a bigger team. Yeah. Each team has its has its place. And I think when teams figure out what their place is, it's good because then it can provide the best support. So. Yeah. So that was cool because so I didn't realize that Monique was actually heading up the the junior team. So, mm-hmm. um, cool. So you actually got some some bikes and parts and didn't have to like fund your entire <laughs> racing. All of a sudden, it's like okay, this is this is paying off a little bit. Did that spark something in you where you you saw maybe more of a future for yourself in the sport? Yeah, I mean, even when I was on B Reds, I kind of thought. I could make something out of this. And then when I went to KHS, that was when it got more realistic. Okay. And seemed like it could be something I could do. Yeah. And then, obviously, being around Logan, Kevin Ayala at the time, Quentin, 
even Andras, just almost as mentors, you know? Yeah. To really, like, shape me into what I could be. I feel like that helped out tenfold. Cool. All right. So, Jared. <laughs> be be Rise no longer a team. Where where does Jared Hansen end up? That's when I ended up on the team with you guys. Nice. Wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that team, you know, I stepped away from the – no, definitely not. That was There was a year in between that was there, and okay. the path. Yeah. Oh, you are with the path. Oh, okay. Yeah. I went to the path. Okay. And I was, I was with the path and Kelly Steelman at Kona. Okay. And so – Kelly helped me out with a frame, and then I I worked with the path, um, Neil and Tracy over there, yeah, and uh, Tawny, yep, rode for the path, and very similar to B Rad's um, grassroots team, um, good support, but nothing like the KHS factory team, and so yeah, I just raced for the path that year and built more confidence. I was on the Kona carbon operator. So that must have been 2014 at the time and started getting faster. And I was like, okay, this is, this is getting serious. Like we're, we're doing better, you know, uh, we're going faster. I want to start going to bigger races, national stuff, instead of just Sea Otter, Southridge, that kind of stuff. So at that point, I want to start looking more towards the future and seeing what, what else is there for me. So that way I could build my resume and go to bigger races and do bigger things. And so then after that year, that's what led me to you guys on Encycle. Okay. All right. So with that, what I'm going to do at this point, so we have a new segment on our show that uh, we're going we're gonna to try out because this is our show and we get to try things out when we want to. But it <laughs> kind of leads Like us, doing a podcast. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> leads us into uh, what I call first time. So what this is, is we're going to talk about First time of anything, I can I can fire away questions at you guys. Ooh, um, busted! Oh man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so on topic, off topic. It's like it's like lightning round, right? Okay. You guys are in trouble. So just remember, the, so the 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 precursor to any of these questions is first time. So, Jared, <laughs> thank God I'm not first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, you, you led into you led into how your your racing your racing career was was kind of taking off, and you were you were doing, you know, had different things in mind other than just local events mm-hmm. or sea otter, mm-hmm. which is what you your experience had been up to that point. Mm-hmm. So, first time at a big race, where was it? I couldn't even tell you. Don't know. I don't know where that big race was. Sea otter. Well, Sea Otter is a big race. Okay, so for, first... Sea Otter is a big event, I should say. First, Maybe not a big race. First time at a national-level national. race. I think the first national-level race was when I was on the team with you guys. I think it was Port Angeles. Okay. Because that's usually the season oper- opener is yeah. Port Angeles. And when I went with you guys, on the team with you guys... That was the first time I had gone to the GRT series okay. and done those levels of races. Okay. So. Was that the two-week trip where we went up there? We rode in with the Santa Cruz people? No, I, and think, then... I think that was the year that, that Andras's dad drove them up in, in his motorhome. Oh, and then met us back at Sea Otter. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what you did. Because the following year, I think, is when we you did and Bruce, You and Bruce and Andras in, the, in Gaze's motorhome. I don't think I was part of that one. i don't know races there's so many races there's a lot and that was also six years ago yeah okay so i'm not let me get back to you on that okay all right (laughs) we're gonna come back to that one um swalto first time on the on the junior cat one podium at a national level or at a national level This is tough. <laughs> I know. Okay, we're drawing blank. That's okay. We gotta That's go. okay. We're going to go for some easier ones then. We're going to go deep in the We're going to go for some we, easier We might ones. have to post some pictures later when they go home and do homework and put it up on the uh, put it on I, the Instagram. Me, I would say uh, Snowshoe, West Virginia, 2015. 2015. On that long trip that we did. Yep. Palmer yep. Project. Palmer Project. Okay. 
And I think that was our first stop on the on the East Coast. And I was fourth. Nice. Charlie Harrison won it. I think Nick was second. And then Warren Niss, myself. I don't know who was fifth. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. It was a Palmer Project uh, podium. I remember that one. Yeah. Oh, I Bruce. I think Bruce, Bruce was, was second, up. actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then Nick and I were third and fourth. Okay. Um, Lolly, got any first times for these boys? Hmm. Um, let's see. Jared. That's me. <laughs> first time. I mean, me and you, we've been in a few uh, places throughout the world of hospitals and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going down this road. <laughs> no. The first, the first time that you had... This wasn't when you first got hurt, but here locally, and you're bummed you didn't even get to do the Fontana series to be able to get ready. You brought out the King Cam. What oh, was the yeah. first thought <laughs> to bring that? Cam? <laughs> that first time the King Cam came to mind. Yeah, okay. what did you think to do this? Well, first off, we need a little history on the King Cam. Okay. King okay. <laughs> Cam, first year on in, on uh, the team here with Jason Lala. Um, I was racing enduro took a digger in a right-hand corner, and I tore my PCL. And so with me hobbling around, I didn't like the crutches. My grandma had a cane laying in the garage. <laughs> so I said, that's much better than crutches. So I'm walking around with this cane, and I'm still out at all the races, supporting the team, supporting all my friends. And I had a GoPro that I was holding, and then I had the cane in the other hand. I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous. We can't be using up two hands for this. So I taped the GoPro to the bottom of the cane and I would just hobble around. And then if someone walked by, I'd just point the cane up at him, <laughs> watch him go by. And that was the, the birth of the cane cam. Nice. Nice. <laughs> that stayed around for a while. Is, so. yeah, yeah. Un unfortunately, it was longer than, than we wanted because we don't want you hobbling around on a cane. But no. you were definitely making the most of your situation. Oh, yeah. The content was top tier. The content was there. Well, I think that kind of started generating the at all the events. The Jared picks up anything to do interviews with, right? Mm -hmm. So that 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 itself was like rad. Just and and I like when the fact that he was supposed to be using that for balance, and he's walking up rocks, not using the cane because he's doing the the, oh. the videoing. Yeah, it worked, right? And it's funny because the cane cam, you know, everyone thought it was so funny and I would post videos on Instagram about it and it got so much, uh, I got so much response from those videos. It kind of like switched a flip in my, or flipped a switch in my head to where it's like, oh wow, like we could put out content from riding, racing, doing funny things and actually generate a lot of followers and interest in are racing for the team, for myself. And yeah. so that was kind of the point where I was like, oh, wow, Instagram, social media, all that stuff is really important to do as a racer and for a team because that's where you're getting all of your, uh, what do you want to call it? Value. Su support. Value, value. support. G giving, giving value to your sponsors. Exactly. Yeah. So that was kind of like, it's what started as a joke, kind of like, you know, Put a light bulb light, in my light head. Light bulb went off. Yeah. Nice. So that was well, pretty you, cool. You, pretty, you are pretty entertaining. It's Yeah. When you when, when you're no longer with the team, it was it was definitely there's that void in it for sure. And then traveling with you guys recently was like, oh man, I miss this. We're back. <laughs> We're, back <laughs> We're back, baby. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> All right, Swalto. The first time. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, no, because you know you have a special place also in our hearts. So the first time when you, right after the Palmer Project, and you real I mean, you guys, both of you, we're sitting here with two kids that went to, and I say kids at the time, because we all, you know, the whole Andorra trip, and representing USA, and all the levels that we've seen you guys come across over the years, but the first time that downtime in your own head, and you're like, wow, like, what I've been doing for a few years is, because you wore USA jersey a couple times now, and what is your, what's your thoughts on that? First time, like, it hits you. Like, where were you in the room? Like, 
that you know that smile that we all do like yes you know like that like where was that for you where was that moment I don't I feel like it still hasn't really even hit me if I'm being honest like I never really look at it as like I'm somebody that's done super crazy stuff because I'm just kind of I keep to myself and I'm pretty quiet so to me it's like I just ride and have fun and racing's fun but I never really look at it as like some big professional thing in a sense like to me it's just I go to the races I have fun Jared, whoever else is there, we all have fun, but it's kind of just just riding and having fun. And you got to keep that key of having fun. Mm-hmm. I know, and I can bring this up because on Jared, and Coach remembers this, uh, Jared was riding his local trail here, Skyline, and I know that's where a lot of you guys ride, and Jared and his PR up there and all that, but you came down off of that after being on the team with us for, I think, probably that first year, and a father and son was on that on that trail and you got to the top of the hill and do you remember what I'm talking about where the kid was like dad dad are we talking about the one and only Austin Dooley no 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 no, no. this was this the was... kid was like dad dad that's Jared Hansen oh yeah he, he he races you know and you told coach and I go ahead and go with that because that was I think that was realization for you that you're bringing up media that yeah oh my gosh, people know who I am and I have no clue, right? Yeah. So go ahead. And I mean, as a junior rider, you're always, you know, looking towards the pros, Kevin Aiello, Logan, and you're like, wow, these guys are fast. I want to be like them. Everyone knows their name. Like we're all talking about them in the pits, not to them, but amongst me and my friends, we're like, wow, that guy's going so fast. And one day I was riding up Skyline and this kid and his dad were riding up and they're like, that's Jared, Jared. And they, like, flagged me down, and we chit chat for a little bit. And I just thought it was, you know, some guys that saw me and wanted to say what's up. But I then came to the realization, like, they saw me out at Fontana and how we were racing. And, you know, me and Steven and a lot of the guys were competing for the top spot at the jun- in the junior category. And it's like... The kid followed you. Yeah, he followed me on Instagram. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, yeah. I would never... I would have never thought to be in that position because I was still looking up to the pros and being like, I want to be one of them. And I just, I didn't think it was like possible for me to be one of those people. Yeah. But I already was to the younger kids, Yeah. you know, the 13, 14, 10 year old riders. And so that was a pretty cool experience to have. And bouncing back to the media, it's like, no matter how old you are, you need to be putting out a professional, um, vibe or yeah. persona right? yeah yeah because you don't know who's watching yeah and sure. if you're over here goofing around making silly comments or whatever on instagram that are inappropriate people are going to see that yeah and so that's a big big thing to do as a young adult young teenager and through you know the rest of your career so Wow, so you did pick up something from the yeah, team. Yeah, I, I did pick up a little bit. <laughs> I would say that's kind of how I feel. Jared's just a lot better at putting it into words. Oh, Swalto, <laughs> you and your, if you don't mind me going on here. No. You and your content. I mean, I've talked to you always about it. Jay and I talk about it. And you're very, no matter where you've been, um, there might have been a couple just being younger or whatever and some funkiness, but your your content on media is... I think far, it's not just look at me ride, look at this, you know, and you guys have done a lot of that greatness this year, but prior to that, you realize the value of sponsors and what's really cool on that is you, you actually took it to the level where this is what you're doing, you know, whether it was your monster, whether it was the team you're on, you know, your Shimano, you make that edit and you took it serious, even though you made it fun, like I remember you jumping out or something and like, and then you were dressed and then, you know, like you, you put thought into it. Not like I was writing the other day. I was in my living room the other day, <laughs> you know, like where it becomes not even fun to look at because it's the same thing. You make yours interesting and believe me, you two together is a whole different level. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I think that's a show itself. Um, but it's one to be admired. Like all the little, you know, as we take on Groms on our team, having the, the T3 team, you know, we have little Austin and we have, you know, even from one of the new writers, Bobby, 
you know, he's a fire, Bobby Jimenez, we just picked him up. He's 31, I think. He's a firefighter, but he gets it. And so it's that professionalism. It's that, you know, and it's funny on what you see out there to the reality. And you guys keep your reality, but you keep it real and respectful. So you taking that media, what, what, what led you to realize Hey, I really got to be, cause yours is different. I, I follow a lot of, you know, it's not just you hucking a, you know, huck to flat or huck to jump. And oh, the other day I was racing at this. It's not just a podium shot. You make it your lifestyle, which is something Jay and I, oh man, we can only teach that. Well, apparently we do teach it. They just learn it at a later age in life. Right. You know, leave the team. They're like, Hey, Jay and Lala, they, I remember them kind of talking about this maybe at one point yeah but once you hit 18 you automatically become responsible oh, it all clicks for in your sure. head so money comes in i remember play. when yeah. that, i remember when that happened with you yeah it's like you I, wake up wow <laughs> i have to pay my bills <laughs> your you wake bills hundred dollars yeah. is gone yeah roxy instantly. roxy and kelly if you guys are hearing he's willing to pay rent now because <laughs> <laughs> he's over 18 he owes you a few bucks yeah you know, responsibility. He graduated, got like 600 bucks, 800 bucks. It was gone in two weeks. He's like, but I'm responsible, Lala. Yeah. <laughs> Lala's listen. But no, honestly, like you took that from an early age. And I know like dad being at the races, you, you took it serious. And even when you started paying for your own stuff, like you manage, I mean, you've had a lot of long talks about money. <laughs> and so you manage that so well. How, how do you do that? Well, I think the big thing for me is like with the social media and stuff, it's not that I'm trying to, you know, put out a certain message or anything. I'm just being authentic. So I don't want to post something just just to post it. If I'm posting something, it's I want to post it because like it's what I'm doing. It's you who know? you are. Yeah, it's who I am. And so and especially like with the management and everything of finances or just organization and booking everything that comes down to I do care about it so it is my lifestyle in a sense but the big thing is just I'm here to have fun and if I can have fun as long as possible that's my end goal and so that's what I'm always trying to achieve well nice do we have any more what ifs coach I I think first time no go ahead I was gonna say I think being authentic on your Instagram profile or your social media profiles is the most important thing. If you're over here just, oh, yeah, can't wait to do this, but you you really can wait, you shouldn't be posting that. It's like, like it the ones that use filters, right? Like, this is me. Like, no, like, that's the one thing about me is, like, this is what you get. There's, <laughs> yeah. you know, you whether you like me or you hate me, whatever, this is and, – and I know running the team all these years, I was more of the – the stronger field, unfortunately, I have this voice that makes it more firm, even when we're having fun, right? But this is what you get. And I think with both of you guys, that authenticity that you're talking about is, I think Coach going to go with this on me, like what you see is what you get with both of you guys. Well, I think that that's huge value, right? Like you've you've built your life around doing this, and, and it's not that you're trying to be something different. This is really who you are, and that's what's mm-hmm. being portrayed is – it, this is real. It's authentic. It's yeah. the real deal. And that separates you two from the other yeah. two million racers in this world. Right. You know, everyone can, or a lot of people can go fast on a bike. Yeah. But I follow this person because I can relate to that person. You know, yeah. he eats donuts on Wednesdays or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know. I'm going to do a little sidetrack real quick just because all of us have have met and ridden with uh, Jack Moore. Dude, did you see what he just did? Mm-hmm. Wrapped up the the Enduro. EWS World Champs. Yeah. First year enduro too. Dude, that's awesome. Rad, super rad. How fun is his Instagram to watch? Dude, so much fun. Is <laughs> anyone looser than Jack on a bike? Uh, no, he's pretty loose. I don't think there's anyone looser. Shark Attack Jack, baby. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Jack. All right. Yeah, there you go. So <laughs> heck of a guy. Yeah. So we're gonna get back on back on track here. We're gonna. Uh, we're gonna move forward because we're uh, we're we're sidetracking. We're we're trudging through the timeline here. So okay, so you're on KHS for a, a year, Swalto. Jared, you're on the path for a year. Mm-hmm. We know that after that year, you end up with Lala and I. Mm-hmm. Um, he still doesn't make his bed, by the way. No, no. That's <laughs> but but uh, 
so I'm going to go with my my first impressions with with actually meeting Jared in person and and doing that because so I'll make my story quick but so I had known about you through through the local races and stuff like that and uh Tracy um was on our team and Tracy Adams Tracy Adams and so she says Jay you got to check out this kid Jared Neil is uh her husband is is you know we're supporting him through the path but we're not able to continue doing what we're doing he'd be a great fit on the team and I said yeah I've checked out Jared out at the races and so I do what I always do I bounce it off my brother because Joe's always helping me <laughs> know who kids are and, and he gives me a real perspective on hey Joe we got to check out this kid you tell me what you think so we do what we always do and and it's funny because most juniors didn't realize this but at the time, I don't even. I haven't at heard this, this so at all. This is the first time. Okay, yeah. so at the time, right? So Fontana races, like Winter Series, are going off. Like there's a long line at the shuttle. Yeah, and so, meanwhile, back 2015, Fontana Winter Series, there was hundreds of people. Racing wasn't yes. done until four in the afternoon. Right. Yeah, that so, was the last one down the hill, waiting so, up there for two and a half hours. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I would, my brother and I would go out because we're old guys, and we would go. And purposefully cut in line and jump in the shuttles with juniors because I would just sit in the back seat and listen to everyone talk. <laughs> and I would sit there and go, well, those 12 kids, I would never consider being on the team, but that kid I might. Very interesting. And that's what I would always do because you get talking about authenticity. You get to see what they're like in front of their peers. Away mm. from the parents. Away, away from, from the parents. The adult, you know, because most of the time they, it was kids in there. What, what am I going to get? from a kid who's not under my wing the whole time. What is he going to portray? What is he going to be when he's wearing my jersey? Representing. That I've worked hard. Lala and I have worked hard to get these sponsors on those jerseys. What are they going to be like? So I get a report back. <laughs> Joe says, my brother says, you know what? This Jared kid's all right, Jay. You should see him. He's He's a character. <laughs> said he he likes to talk but he doesn't talk negative he doesn't talk down there's no profanity there's no you know a lot of kids f-bombs are flying or something once they're in the the shuttle van away from their parents you know it's a different kid jared's the same kid <laughs> whether he's in the pits up on the hill on his bike whatever he's always the same and that's one of the things that we noticed besides you have a ton of ability and skill, like natural. like So So we get this report back, and I'm like, all right, so I'm going to talk to him more. So we go, I think I, I was calling or texting, and Jared's like, so, yeah, I want to meet up with you guys to ride. We'll go to Big Bear. It was like closing of Big Bear, so it must have been, you know, this, this time of the year. Yeah, October -ish. September, October, mm -hmm. something like that. Big Bear is going to close. I said, no problem. I've got a bike you can ride. He's a tall kid, so he can fit on my, my XL Santa Cruz. Mm -hmm. So we go up there. It was just styles for miles. So much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. So, so that was my, my first, first impression and first time actually meeting with Jared and riding with him. And, um, yeah, just right away it was like easy going and – just I'm like okay this kid fits in like he's just gonna he's gonna be easy for me to work with which mm -hmm. was which was always a huge bonus for me so yeah and it it made it a lot easier that you guys were easy to work with as well it wasn't like you know here I'm coming onto this team and you know you guys are super demanding or anything like that you know you guys put us first because you were trying to coach us and help us in any way possible and so that also made it a lot easier to get along as well. Yeah. So. Nice. Lala, what was your, your first impression or your first memory of meeting Jared and where was that? It was Fontana. It was the same thing. I remember you had pointed him out, being in the pits and everything, and then pointing him out and then just, you know, the, he's this, he's this, he's raced this. And so when I finally met you, it was right before that Big Bear because you had came by the pit. And, mm -hmm. and introduce yourself. Um, I don't know. Just the whole, 
you're you're I have to say you you are very talented on a bike above and beyond you know and you know you have a special place in my heart like just all the traveling we did together but I think I think when you came up it was like okay we can we're gonna have a good year like you're just instantly fun and yeah. I, I love that part of it and you roll with the punches and you know so it was good I I I, I remember you were like nervous too. You're like, put your hand out to shake and your hand was shaking. <laughs> I'm shaking for the shake. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then Swalto, so, my, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so that leads us in. So we're talking about where Jared ended up that year. So you're on the KHS team for a year. After that year, where, where are you left? Where do you go? I think I went straight from KHS to Palmer Project with Sean Palmer. So yeah. you were on KHS for two years? One year. One year. Okay. Yeah. One year. Yeah. 20, 2014. Okay. And then 2015, 2016 with Intense. Okay. Okay. So you're you're on the Palmer Project. Okay. And that was, that was like a whole experience in itself. What's your biggest takeaway from spending a year on the Palmer Project? What was your, uh, the biggest positive thing that you learned during that year? Um, probably how strong your mind is. Okay. Obviously you spend time with Sean Palmer. Yeah. He's got a pretty strong mind when it comes to racing. Uh huh. And so that was, we'd travel with him and that was my biggest takeaway is he would always put emphasis on a positive attitude and being confident in yourself when it came to racing, because you can not necessarily be the fittest guy or have the best ability, but if you believe that you could do it yeah, and you truly believe it, chances are you'd be able to come away with something good nice who is uh who who made up the palmer project that first year first year was myself nick nesteroff warren Niss, blake motley and josh gibb all right those so, are some names those yeah. are some names <laughs> so right? that was so that was a year that that uh our team was on intense as well and so it turned out that we ended up <laughs> traveling a lot with the palmer project we yeah. ended up doing a lot of pits together yeah, so. we had one one trip that was six weeks long. Yep. <laughs> there was a lot of bads that went on on that, that trip was, and that a was, lot of goods. That was quite <laughs> a lot of goods. <laughs> so, so I'm going to – so <laughs> so many memories from that Wait, year. I got to tell you something, <laughs> though, yeah, real yeah. quick on this. So I remember my first time meeting – well, I think I, I had seen him and he said hi to me or whatever a couple of times at Fontana, but – Actually, it was right after you guys did that video introduction, you, whoever's house that was, and you guys had luggage there. Remember, you had gotten the luggage in your gear bags? That was a rental house. Everyone thought that it was like somebody's... I remember they rented like an Airbnb or something they had done. Just a massive like 10-bedroom mansion in wine country. Yeah, I'm, and... <laughs> <laughs> it was a little over the top, but And it, you were it like good. 16 at the time, 15 turning 16, racing age 16, right? Yeah, I had no yeah. idea what was going on. <laughs> yeah, you were just like this kid, like, okay, go with your mouse, there's luggage everywhere, bikes. I'm like, oh. I remember talking to you right after that week you are there. I'm like, well, how was it? You know, just because you had come in the pit and Jared was in our pit and and it, and it you were like, I got luggage. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I ride bikes, but I got luggage. And then how, how much that plays into everything, right? Like, I oh my God. I still use some of that luggage. <laughs> hey. That's good stuff. They, it's good. They make yeah. good stuff, exactly. Yeah. But I just think it's funny that that's what did you do? How was it? I got luggage, Lala. <laughs> yeah, so this is funny. So I'll go back. So I remember I'm going to go back one year. So when you're on the KHS team, I show up at, at a bootleg race and I go, Who's this 14 year old kid that's running almost my time? <laughs> and at the time, so this was several years ago, but I'm going, I was running a little faster back then. And I'm going, who are these kids? Because now, now these days, it's like, yeah, 12-year-olds are beating me. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but back then, I was like, who is this 14-year-old kid? And it was Stephen Walton. And that was, so that was kind of my first thing. I'm going, dang, this kid's this kid moving because bootleg's no joke. Like, to try to, f to figure out how to go fast at bootleg, like, riding it's one thing. Racing it's a whole different whole thing. thing. So... I just go um, for survival down like Boy Scout, Girl Scout. I'm good. Yeah, so that was that was the first thing. And then so fast forward one year, Palmer Project, Swalto's now part of this. We're in New Jersey, okay? So we have the pit set up. So being coach, I always get my coffee. 
usually a, a you know little breakfast muffin or something like that and I go and chill out at the pits and I kind of take my time and I get things set up and I like to it it's my time to clear my head not everyone's up and out and stuff so I'm out there and I'm doing that people start showing up practices is starting to happen and so i'm kind of helping helping with with people's bikes do you know where this is going just yeah okay. yeah so i'm just making practice already started yeah he hasn't mentioned anything about yeah me so i so i i make sure that <laughs> uh, you know between our team and the palmer project everyone's got what they need and so yeah things are going good like an hour later here comes swalto strolling out he's got his breakfast sandwich and he just sits down in the chair I'm like, what's going on? He's like, he's having breakfast. Like, just so <laughs> nonchalant. Just like, not a care in the world. This is race day. Okay? Well, this is the morning of race day. It's chill. So I'm like, you going to get a practice run in? He goes, yeah, I'll do one run right before, right at the end of practice. I'm like, you feel good? I got my lines dialed. I'm good. I'm like, I like this. This kid's this kid's got his own thing going. He's not worried about everything else. Mentally, he's ready. So you're just talking about the mental part that, that Sean Parment helped you with. You'd done everything in in practice day. You'd done, and that was for me. That was key because as I got older, I learned. Wow. Okay. So for for me, personally, I've got to less is more. I got to make each each run count because the more you're out there. On a downhill course, doesn't matter if it's long, short, whatever. Every time you put yourself out there and push yourself at that level, the risk is there. So the more that you're out there, the more risk you're taking. So the more that you can figure out how to practice well and make it work, you save your body, you save your mind, you save your equipment. And I was like, wow, this kid's like 15, 16 and he's figured that out because your results had already been showing up be before that point. Like you had, you had earned yourself a spot on the Palmer project for one then, but I was like, I like this kid a lot. Like he's, he's different than the majority. It's a, it's from a different mold that, that that's cut. And so huge respect. Like I was just like, yeah, he's not being, he's not being, careless or stupid or trying to be um pompous about this it's he's confident in knowing what he's got he's not so he's ready for the race so how did you do on that race um qualified second behind charlie harrison i think i ended up fourth yeah. in the race yeah pretty good so not bad yeah at being on the younger end of the junior class at that point too mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i was still 15 yeah with a race age well, of 16. yeah i remember when nick and steven would come up and try to compare the, or they would forget what they they're you know they look at you know at the time was androsh and jared and bruce's and charlie's time and then you guys would be like i'm gonna get there you know like it's that chase it's the one thing we always right you chase that person in front of you mm -hmm. so you start seeing that chase and then we see you got we see the older ones chasing their next level where would my time be to the pro like it's so funny you take the both pictures and you guys would come back to the pits with these phones and like okay, I would have been here, I would have been there, I would have been, you know, mm -hmm. and it's cool to see that and seeing you guys grow up doing this. And, I mean, and everyone knows who knows Coach and I. I mean, Stephen, you've always been that part of the team that wasn't part of the team because you know you could have called us at it, and you have. Any point needed anything we had it, it was yours, whether, you know, from parts to a ride to whatever. And you guys know recently, <laughs> you guys, if, if you guys follow Jared or Swalto out there, you know, there was a flip of the uh, the the driver's license, wasn't it? Yep. Heads up, heads down at the airport of because of the canceled flights recently. And 11 o'clock at night, we get a call. Hey, Lulz. So when are you guys leaving to New Jersey? <laughs> 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 and then, you know, needless to say, they were back in the van with us. So, but bad respect on, I mean, some of this, some of the hurdles. I know you, we helped Jared a lot with his hurdles because he was part of the team. A lot of times being on the team you're on, you're kind of, even though you're on a team, it's kind of individualized, right? And so you're fending for yourself. And so this is where the mad props, like he was saying, like, I think that, you know, Jen and all them, and I mean, from Brad to, 
to um, KHS to, to Jen at Intense and all that, like teaching you guys that stuff instilled in what you have going on. You know, everyone wants to claim the frame once you're on the podium, you know, um, but it's it's rad on how the people that, you know, you got you guys both got to look back in your life, you know, and be like, this has happened because of this. Like, you know, I know Jared, when coach goes fast forward, but once leaving the team and taking your job last year, like I cried on a phone call you gave me. So there's, there are those moments, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so, but going back to the mad, mad props on like what you were doing, Swalto, like, it's just funny. Cause we still see you. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I don't see you 21 and I don't see you your age. Like I'm like, you guys are still those little babies. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, and I'm not even your parent, like your parent one, you know, I know Rox would love to have you as a baby again, right? No, you know? definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Roxy's put her time in. She's uh, she's yeah, done. Yeah, her her she, and Kelly can't Roxy, wait to get out. Roxy's like, yeah. tapping out. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay, that, so that year at yeah. New Jersey was the year that I got the rental truck from a place called Rent a Wreck. Rent a Wreck. You were a Dick Finn. Yeah, and as it turns out, it's true. The name we got pretty much totaled F one fifty for like three dollars a day. Yeah, it was like three bucks a day. It was dirt cheap. <laughs> the check engine light was on. And then uh, I went. They got to live up to their name. I went to that race with Dick Finn, and he was driving it back from the hotel, and he got pulled over because the tags were expired. <laughs> on a rental truck? On, well, rent a wreck. <laughs> Things hammered. It doesn't look okay, like a rental so truck. <laughs> no, I know. Rent an unregistered wreck. Yeah. yeah. And so the cop pulls him over because it's. The tags are expired, and he's like, no, this is a rental. And the guy starts laughing. He's like, no way. And so we gave him the info of the place because he couldn't believe it. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to look into this. And then I emailed him after that trip, and I got a full refund. Wow. Because, one, I signed the rental agreement, and I was only 15 at the time. They didn't check that. They didn't check They <laughs> needed that three bucks a day. So I was like, it's already like this isn't holding up. And then it was the tags were expired. The check engine line was on, so I got a full refund. Good job on you on – once again, respond adulting. Big adult over here. <laughs> at yeah. fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, that was like one hundred and fifty bucks. I got yeah. Back, no, know? and that mm -hmm. that adds up for the next trip, right? Yeah, it works out. Oh my gosh, I never even knew you can. Okay, so until you did your post about it's a, it's a franchise. Well, they have a bunch of locations. I didn't even know you could rent a U-Haul truck at eighteen until you did your post. You're like, can't rent a car, can't do, can't drink, can't do this, but I can rent a U-Haul truck. You only have to be sixteen to rent a U-Haul. <laughs> driver's license right yes yeah, so you have to be 25 to get a rental crazy expensive and then you're 16 you go over to u-haul get a nice van 20 bucks like a day 20 1995 1995 plus plus mileage some places though you get the mileage for free Ooh, Ooh. gotta listen well, to that one coach and and his brother joe and curtis when they're up in washington <laughs> oh yeah I, he's all we're pulling a swelto we're ordering we're renting I took, <laughs> I took the uber straight to u-haul i'm like Swalto taught me this. He said, life lessons from Swalto. He's been world traveler. I've, I've learned a lot of lessons from Swalto over the years. As long as it's not life lessons from Stevie Z, we're oh, good. Remember, well, that was a rule on yeah, the yeah. team. Let's not get the Steves confused. Yeah, I yeah. know. That's for sure. <laughs> Stevie Z's life lessons are yeah. top notch. They are. Stevie, if you're ever going to listen to this or if you're listening, you know we love you, but you're still not allowed to give life lessons. <laughs> Sober or not, the stories come out more true now. So, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> I think the best was uh, after Fontana races, we'd sit at Maxine's Airstream. Oh, Max. Got Maxine. Got to love Maxine. With her and Stevie Z, and we'd just hear all the old racing stories from the 90s. Yeah. It's good stuff. It was some wild times there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can't mention it on the podcast, but. Yeah. They had some good stuff. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they won't post it. They won't publish it after that. We're nope. good. Okay. okay. So Palmer Project, Jared's on our team. We're all on intense. We roll that way for a few years. And which I don't know if it was the same for you, Steve, but that year was like the first big year for me. That's when we started traveling nationally. That was the year. Oh, we had a first time for Jared that year. I know. That was was that the year of Andorra? Uh, well, that was Andorra, but before that, it was actually the New Jersey trip that we were just talking about. That was the first plane I've ever flown first on. First time you've been in a in a plane. Yeah, so that that was a huge year for me and Steve because it's it's like we're racing Fontana, thirty minutes away from the house. Now we're taking planes, we're flying with bikes, we're going to race the kids on the East Coast, and then turns out we ended up going to Andorra for World Champs. That like me, Bruce, and Andras got selected for. Yeah. 
And so that was like a huge stepping stone that year. That was huge to realize like, wow, this is, we're here. Like yeah. I'm one it's, of those it's guys. Happening, it's you happening ra- faster raced, than uh, Mount, Mount, Sa- Saint Mount, Sa- Mount St. Anne crashed and still qualified. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that hill. And then with a broken wrist and finger. Yes. Yeah. We were more worried about the finger, not the wrist, yeah. and then intervene. But well, that year, I pre-ran. MSA. You and you and Nick pre-ran, and I'm like, you guys. They're like, yeah, we get to kind of like sweep it, and so we did no sweeping. I know no you guys sweeping just was involved. <laughs> Pre, pre-running. That's, that's they changed the rules. You can't you can't be that young and do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I know, but at the time, you guys got to ride a mountain that forget how forget how to pet where to pedal. It's what do you do with the speed you're given, right? Like mm-hmm. that thing was, that thing was. Uh, Definitely a hill of speed. Yeah. So I flew out that year, and you are there with, with yeah. uh, your family, Jay, and then we also uh, broke him wrist in hand. Mm-hmm. Let's repel some waterfalls, Jerry. Oh, we did it. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, we learn as we go. Yeah, we, you know. So we learned that we can repel waterfalls yeah. with a broken wrist yeah. and finger. Well, I told job. you to suck it up, Buttercup. Let's I go. Yeah. I mean, you know, we we uh, I think we. Uh, Took uh, Swalto and Nick go karting. Oh yeah. 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 Jared so, was pissed because yeah. he had to watch. I, re- yeah. I repelled waterfalls, but couldn't go go karting. <laughs> yeah. We told you you could go. You could ride. You didn't want to because you're like I can't steer. Those are some of the best go karts ever. Yeah. 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 If you guys ever go to these ones, if it's still there in Quebec, yeah. They they're the, super dangerous, but a lot of fun. And there's mm. no like course. Like you bump someone, you're into a ravine, like in the down grass. in the grass down it's below. Outdoor. They're gas cars. You're going 65 on the straight. Yeah. You feel like uh, what's that? What's that? Mario go karts, whatever. And like <laughs> because Kart. it was it was live when when I was going around and they're coming up next to me and I just moved out of their way because I didn't want to get bumped. And then you had coach who got the slow car of the night. Well, being that I am. 50 pounds heavier than almost anyone at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned I learned to drive a wide car. That had something to do with it. Had to make it hard for the kids to get yeah. around me. Oh, you did too. I, it was, wasn't it you behind him that was getting mad? Uh, it's possible. <laughs> yeah, and you're like he wouldn't move over, and he kept cutting you. Yeah. I know he cut you off into the grass one no, time. He, he didn't, I wasn't. He, he I had oh no, no, he had to watch. it was Jared Nick. was watching. Yeah, sorry, we were trying to include you. Yeah, sorry. it's okay. Oh, sorry, it was, it was Nick. <laughs> Jared, you were with us in spirit in the car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, was, and I remember that coming across the border. I have the van full of kids, and we go straight over. We look over on the left, and God. We're at secondary inside, <laughs> out of the van. Chappie has three three minors with him. Uh, just Nick two, and myself. You, two minors with him. Part of the Palmer Project. That was his job that year. Got to love it. You got to go ride everywhere and be with the kids. I think Chappie wanted to wring a couple of their necks a couple of times. I know I did. But we uh, we look over and here's the intense van. They're all out. Doors are wide open. Apparently, when you take a couple miners across the border without parent notes, I had no. Nick had his, and then mine got wet because it it rained at MSA, <laughs> and my bag got soaked, so you couldn't read it. I was like, here's the note, but it was just like it was blue ink. You couldn't read what it said. Oh my goodness! So two hours later, and then it starts pouring as we're driving in because we were going to. I think we're, where was Wyndham. it? Wyndham, New York then. Oh, yeah, because we had the cemetery next to the house. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Who was that? Bruce, Andros, and you, right? Yep. Going into, yeah, so we come across. They fi- You guys finally come across. It took like two hours. Yeah, and you, I called you guys to make sure everything was good. You were laughing, and Chappie was not. No. Um, but those were some fun times, and then we went into Wyndham, Jay and his wife and daughter had flown home now. Now I have the kids. We're up in Wyndham, and uh, you pull in, you know, back in the woods. I thought I got a house closer, but it wasn't. It was a half hour away from the race. Middle of nowhere. House Dark. was built in the 1300s. Like, dungeon <laughs> the dish is, Yeah. Oh, dude. It I'm was getting so- random texts and phone calls going, Coach, why are we staying here? Well, we didn't know how bad it was until the yeah. next morning. There's a cemetery next door. Well, no, it was a post office in between us. No. Next door. <laughs> I could see it from my bedroom. I could hear the ghosts all night. But yet you guys went in the attic, the stairway attic, to tell me to make sure it was clear of ghosts. There was the big monkey in the room, the shower that didn't drain. Monkey oh. in the room. There was a whole thing. Oh, there yeah. Was a whole thing. Oh, man. it was. Oh, man. I wasn't there for that. I was yeah. just happy. <laughs> we were staying in a really nice house. had a pool table, a hot tub. <laughs> 
<laughs> we were we were living good over there. Right? <laughs> well, you guys were you guys were baller baller on your budgets. We were baller on a budget. We you stayed. know, it was our it was our money at the time. Yeah. So, it, yeah. Oh my gosh. And it, that's well, but needless to say, 2 days later, people who bought fireworks that I didn't know about in the middle of the night go Whoa. and light them off at the at the cemetery and <laughs> at an air, we're staying in the only Airbnb on this street. And Bruce, Andrash, and Jared decided to do fireworks and act like it wasn't them. As you see the lights go off of the fireworks and then running across the street by the, by the, the cemetery. It was good times. So, yeah. Okay. So we're going through the Palmer Project and Intense and then. Uh, Big stepping stone year. Next yeah. year. Next year was kind of the same thing. Okay. Jared oh, was right. still on your team, yep. and I was still on Palmer Project. We just had a few different people. Yeah, little mm-hmm. little change with the uh, scenery at the Palmer Project. Yeah, Nick went to the factory team, and then we had Shane Leslie, Lucas Cowan. Yeah. Oh, love, love Lucas. And Warren this again, and then myself. Okay. So, uh, is Warren still a junior that year? Next year, we, did he turn pro? That, that was the same year. year. He was the same as me and Bruce. He was pro. So everyone yeah. everyone was pro on Palmer Project. You were the only junior. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you were the, the, the lone junior rider on the Palmer Project. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the last year of the Palmer Project. I think it was only two years, right? Yeah, it was yep. a two-year two two, year two project. Year deal. So, um, it was a project. <laughs> We were working on it. We were working on it. I liked back. I think is that the year? No, it was when they were all juniors. Mammoth. We were packing up, and the kids all wanted to do a ride. Palmer Project and our kids, and you went up with them, and you said, "I'm gonna go ride. I'm gonna go ride with the kids." And then you came down, coach, and you were like, "I don't think I rode with them." <laughs> no, no. There was at that point. From that point forward, for sure, coach is way off the back, and I'm good. I I know my place. And you started I, with them. You said you'd see them all I, go. We all start together. They take off. And we all end up at the same place. I know where they're going. So, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. so. I think it was just the progression of those two years was so quick. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That when we first got on the two teams, it was like we were pretty good. But by the end of it, it was just you 10 of were, us for yeah. two years straight. And everyone wanted to be the fastest. So, it was a yeah. constant battle. It was an all-out war. It was it a war. It was crazy. Yeah. It was Vietnam out there. Yeah. Bodies were flying. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. I I remember the West Virginia trip. You Swalto, you came down. Bruce came down. Warren was there. It was it was all the team and you guys came down and, and then here comes Jared and you guys are like if Jared races like he's practicing, we're all smoked. Like Bruce was like he is pinned. And then you were you were like, I just want to go Jared speed. Like you you're like that. I remember having that conversation as it starts raining and everything. Still and makes him mad. Yeah, it does. yeah. If you guys know, Jared definitely has. It, out of a lot of the kids, it's that natural talent. So, it it's it's a curse. It's a curse and it's a blessing it's, and a curse. Yeah. yeah, blessing and a curse because because when you're natural at it, you don't have to work as hard as it at it. It comes naturally, but then. You don't fulfill it. It's too casual when it comes to race time. And you're not the first person. You're the one we had on our team like that for sure. Yeah. But that has happened out there. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we've talked to other people, being at the World Cups, you know. Um, Mondraker, uh, Marcus had somebody like, remember, he had talked to you that year. Mm-hmm. And he had somebody like you that was, it was hard to get you to focus when it came to race time because your mm-hmm. mind was just like you're on your bike, you know. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that Steve – really has going for him is his mental mental state that we were talking about yeah. earlier is that's huge Ment- the mental part of racing is probably more important than the physical fitness that you have if yeah. you're not mentally there you're already you already lost yeah it's it's a huge part of racing and that's something that I struggled with and that's what made it hard for me to progress as a racer was the mental aspect of things yeah and so yeah I know I know just being with you along for that whole ride, you know, it was, it was hard to, to see someone with so much talent and so much skill and mm-hmm. ability and to not be able to, to figure it out together Yeah, was, was frustrating on both our parts for yeah. sure. And then, 
and then the injuries started kicking in and that mm-hmm. just that didn't help that, at all. That didn't help at all. So for the sake of time, um, because we are, uh, we definitely have a long ways to go. So we know for sure that we're going to have, have these two back on our program because I'm going to, I'm just going to sum it up real quick. So time out. Yeah. Why, why do we sum it up? Let's just keep going and we'll post it afterwards on our next one. We're all here. This could be part one, just like Swalto predicted. Okay. And then we'll go from there. But we do we need to go to our commercial. Today. Oh, there okay. you go. So we'll end part one in a minute after our, yep. our local uh, broadcast our, uh, uh, commercial guy here, Mr. Stephen Walton, leading us into Kenda. Thanks to Kenda Tires, who has been a longtime sponsor of myself and is now a sponsor of the Huck and Ride podcast. Whatever your bicycle tire needs, Kenda will keep you rolling. My go-to tire is the Pinner Pro with AGC casing. Whether I'm blasting downhill runs or cruising the local trails, Kenda Tires keeps me rolling. Kenda, designed for your journey. Thank you, Stephen, for that. And with that, we're going to wrap up episode two of the Huck and Ride podcast. Thank you all for listening. We're going to uh, take a quick break, and then we're going to jump back into recording another podcast, if that's what the boys are game for. Part two with... Swalto and Jerry. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you.